0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 12 of the Zero Analytics Podcast. In preparation for this week's Champ Max Daddy race at Martinsville, North Carolina, I thought it would be cool to have a Champ Buggy legend on the show to build some excitement. There are always a few names that have stuck out over the years in the Champ Buggy world, and it would be hard to take anyone serious who didn't include today's guests in that conversation. Currently, he heads up the clone motor building program for his brother at Todd Miller Racing Engines. He is a former dirt world champion and national champion in the champ buggy division. We had a great conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, my friend Jody, Mr. Silk Miller. All right. Well, today on the podcast we have Jody Miller. Um, welcome to the show, man. Man, I appreciate you having me. Hey, definitely. I uh when I when I did Kevin Colburns and I you made a little comment and he and he kind of brought you up in the past and stuff like that and I definitely was someone that uh, I definitely want to have on here and and I kind of started thinking about it and once the once the little champ buggy, or the, the champ max daddy came out, it just seemed fitting that, um you know, when I first started traveling with Alston Hubbard uh, from Delaware back in the day, like, that's when you, you know, you were still running and everything, and I just, uh, luckily we ran the junior classes, so I got to watch, like, all the real races and, you know, all the best drivers and stuff, and I, I always kind of admired, you know, you among many other people, but as far as the champ buggy goes, man, I, uh... I just felt fitting, like for you to be on this week, just to kind of rehash some memories and talk about it and get people excited about the uh, the Margaritaville race coming up. So definitely appreciate the time.
1: Oh, appreciate you having me. Like I said, it uh, man it brings back a lot of memories when you when you did have Coburn on and and uh, we you know listened to that at the shop and and had had some had some laughs and it brought back a bunch of memories.
0: good deal man and uh just kind of touching base on that he said uh a question that's been burning ever since uh he i talked to him and we recorded it is he said when he went away back in the day yeah i guess your brother was racing against him as well and you would end up always kind of helping out kevin and stuff when you got when he went down there is uh how did that relationship kind of come to or how'd you guys meet and and stuff like that
1: man honestly and and the funny story is uh, for the longest time a lot of people didn't know that Todd was my brother. Um, we'd go to the racetrack. Uh, when I did go, um, I played football and baseball, you know, throughout through school. And so if that was going on, I normally didn't go. Um, I stayed home with mom and, and, you know, I'd done the sports thing. But then when I did go, I mean, as soon as we hit the gate, I'm out the truck and I was gone. And <laughs> a lot of times I didn't get back in the truck until they were leaving. I mean, you know, most time dad had to come find me. Or you know, I seen him getting ready to pull out the gate, and I go running. So, uh, man, I just, man, I I was a uh, running around the track, just you know, trying to find things to get into, I guess. Or, and uh, man, I met Kevin, and I don't even know how I met him to be honest with you. Uh, probably on the Horseman uh, Gold Cup side when uh, Todd used to raced against him, and then he come run some dirt. We become good friends, and and uh, man, I just pitch, <laughs> lend a hand, pitch in, do what I could, you okay. know. Uh, you. Just a uh, just a good friendship.
0: Good deal, man. It was kind of cool just to have, you know, the karting world is kind of big, you know, spread across the country. But you have a conversation with a couple people and it's uh, everyone's kind of connected through one person or another. You know, it really is kind of a small community, even though it seems like we're all spread out a lot.
1: Yeah. back, You know, I think back then it it was more than it was is today. I mean, a lot of people today are more secretive, I guess, I guess because the bigger money, you know, back then. We was running for trophies and and you know plaques and cups or whatever, and so uh I think you know people are more open to to help than than it is nowadays,
0: right, right, yeah, it seems like everyone thinks they have like a big secret these days and wants to kind of keep it in their little uh their their invisible wall of their little pit areas and stuff like that so it, it's kind of funny in a in a way you know but um so how did uh let's see so when you played sports back in the day, so you said you played baseball and football and did you play any in college or anything like that? Or? No, I, uh,
1: I I did two years in college. I played rugby uh, at UNC Charlotte. Um, did two years of college, and then I just, man, it just really wasn't for me, I guess. And uh, so I went back home, and uh, I started working for Todd. And, man, it's, you know, it's been that way ever
0: since. I gotcha, I gotcha. How is, uh? is, I've had my brother work with me before on a landscape company back in the day, and I uh, how is it working with uh with family you guys i mean you've been there for a while, so it seems like it's it's kind of worked out but was that a challenge at all like when you first uh
1: to- it has been um we we actually had like a a little falling out uh for a few years um i guess you know when you work with family uh you have your disagreements or whatever and and uh we had some disagreements and I left the shop for a few years and uh but uh you know it, it worked itself out and and I went back and that's right about when the clones started coming out and mm-hmm. uh he, uh, you know, we, we talked it out and he's like, Hey man, you know, the clones are starting to get big and I need somebody to, uh, to kind of develop with those motors. And, and that, cause that's back at the time we had Rodney at the shop and Gary freeze at the shop. And, mm-hmm. uh, and man, we were pumping out a lot of motors and uh, he's like, man, the clones is coming on. I think it's going to be something big and I need somebody to kind of go along with it. And so I went back to the shop and that's where it is today.
0: Mm, i gotcha i gotcha yeah there's um yeah the more people i talk to and like i said i mean i know a lot about the people in our area but the more i talk to people outside the area and you kind of see like you know even like gary freeze and you know todd working at you know with cki and like there's always like this little family tree of like where everyone comes from you know like i was kind of you know i grew up in the delaware maryland area so we always had robson Speed shop stuff and colburn and you Know and all kinds of people, and it's funny that you know, if you go back 20 25 years, everyone kind of came from like three or four little uh heads of the uh the motor mafia type deal or whatever, you know. So it was it's kind of cool to, to see that and see where everyone kind of comes from. So, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: like I said, we used to race with Gary, uh, you know, Todd grew up racing with Gary, uh, into uh, you know, rookies and juniors, and we actually used to go to the races together, uh, some, so it's just kind of funny how things you know stay in. And like you said, that little family and, and how things work
0: out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when did you get introduced to karting uh, as far as driving yourself?
1: Well, I, I raced a few times uh, growing up, you know, just didn't have nothing else to do, I reckon. And, and I would run a few races here and there and, and juniors and stuff. And it really never, I don't know, I just didn't really, you know, it wasn't my thing, I guess. Uh, um, I run some in junior super stock back in the days. Um and then about really about 95 uh when I graduated high school um I really uh just you know wanted to start racing some and and um, ran super heavy uh back in the day and uh, ran that from about 95 to about 97 and that's back when Todd was at his peak i would right. say and uh he actually kind of got burned out a little bit of racing because he runs so much and um he took a break and me and dad just man we went racing in 98 and and uh i think it was between 90 i think it was 97 or maybe 95 and 96 um man they used to pick on me at the shop running super heavy they, they you know oh that's just you know that's a big boy class whatever so <laughs> i lost a I lost a lot of weight between that's when uh Daytona was the last race of the point series. And so it went down to Daytona, I actually won super heavy that day, won the points. And um, then everybody started gearing up for the big race at, uh, I think it was Ainer in February. And so between Daytona and Ainer, I lost like 40 some pounds. And, um, and I remembered as one of the highlights, I guess I could say of my flat car career was I passed Ron Moon on the last lap to win the, uh, the money class. And, uh, man, I was, you know, so excited. But then everybody's like, well, Todd wasn't racing. <laughs> <And> so, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I get that
1: a lot. You know, I mean, I I, never, I run against him a few times. Um, not many, but uh, most of the time he did beat me. Um, but, uh, but man, it, it's that was one of the highlights, I guess, of my flat cart career uh, was doing that because I, I remember that vividly. And I run a lot in 96, 97. Um, and then I guess I kind of got burned out. And so I took a break from the track and Todd got back into it. And, uh, and I went with him, I think it was a Charlotte national, uh, when the dirt track was out back and just went and helped. And he was like, Hey man, uh, man, it really worked out a lot. You know, you kind of handled the customers while I could work on my go-kart and our little crew that we had together, uh, some juniors and stuff. And he said, I really helped out. I need you coming back to the racetrack. And man, I just happened to look on a racetrack and champ carts were out there racing. And I was like, if I could run those, I'll come back. <laughs> and that's, I guess that's where my champ cart career came. And, and, uh, Harold wasn't making them at the time. And, um, uh, so I called Mark Mode up and I was like, hey, man, can, you know, can I get a champ cart from you? And he's like, be here Friday. <laughs> and so I went and picked it up and, uh, went to Charlotte. I think my first race with it was at Charlotte State Race, uh, back when my dad was running the series and in the North Carolina State Series. And man, it, that's back when to have 30 some champs and sat on the pole. Um, <laughs> Led most of the race and got spun out uh had to go to the back and came back and finished third and man I just you know I ran an Olympic buggy for the longest time, and man it was a great cart and won a lot of races on it.
0: gotcha and what um I guess what were some of the differences and you know, especially in that little transition where you kind of you were doing some flat kart stuff, you took a little break and got back in it. What are some of the big things that maybe stuck out to you when you first kind of went from the flat cart to the champ cart, uh, maybe just more from like a driving point of view. I mean, obviously, I guess the draft, you know. Um. Yeah, it
1: was, man, it was mainly the draft, uh, and just getting used to not being able to to see a good around you. Um, you know, having you couldn't really see your front bumper because um, you know you got the big nose cone on there, and and, and that was the, a lot of things to get used to. And just the way they drove this is a tight go kart. I mean, it was just a you know, it's a tight, tight feeling go kart. And the draft was just – that's what – I think that's the reason I really got spun out. I think the draft kind of caught me off guard and how much it really does make a difference. I mean, the many years I I run, man, it was very few times that that me or somebody else really got away from the field and was able to get out by themselves and win. I mean, you had to be – had to catch a good break or you just had to be a lot faster. I mean, and that was very rare for it to happen. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, he, back in the day, even like on Possum Kingdom and stuff, and uh, even the smaller tracks, it just—it didn't matter what size track. It's uh, like you said, it is hard to, you know, maybe there maybe there's two or three guys that break out, but other than that, it's uh, it's hard to do that. That's why it was always kind of impressive to see, you know, it just always seemed like there was the same two or three guys up battling all the time, and it just seemed like it was always more than just. Um, you know, I mean, it was a little more into the driver's hands, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But,
1: uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it because of that. I mean, um, you know, you, you get in there and, and, and you, you qualify up front or wherever you qualify. And, and my my philosophy was, you know, if I get to the front, you know, if it's early in the race, I'm going to pass for the lead just to see if I am faster, um, you know, and see if I can hold it. And uh, always, if I, if I got out front and I got past, my philosophy was I'm going to ride second as long as I can. And, and I always made my move coming to the white flag on the backstretch um that's when because you know most people's gonna block the last lap anyway and, and so coming to the coming to the white on the back backstretch is when i normally made my move to to pass for the lead and then on the last lap you know, just put it on the bottom and
0: hope for the best yeah that's all you can do sometimes you got especially when you got a couple guys lined up behind you and stuff like that what um what are uh so when's the last time i guess when's the last time you drove a champ buggy in a race Oh man!
1: Um, a few years ago, honestly, I uh, I joined a competition at Gold's Gym, and uh, and I, I lost a, about like everybody. When you get old, you get you gain some weight, get fat, and mm-hmm. and uh, I was just tired of feeling bad. And I said, man, I'm gonna lose some weight. And so uh, I actually won the competition at Gold's Gym. I, in 90 days, I lost right at 55 pounds, and uh, and won that competition, won a trip to Vegas, and and. Uh, i told harold when i when i lose my weight i was like i'm gonna i'm a ride again and and uh i got back in it and it was just a few years ago uh rode about three or four races and i was like man i not you know i didn't miss it as much as what i thought um i right. you know, went to liberty and sat on the pole at the, the money race and wound up finishing second to a customer and uh man i just you know just i don't know I, it just ain't what it used to be it uh me and toss talked about that several times and the, the drivers nowadays, I, I mean, the philosophy of the drivers is, is a totally different than when I used to race back in the, the late 90s and, and early 2000s. It's just, man, nowadays, they, you know, I ain't saying it's, it's more rough driving, but it's, man, it's, you know, knock the guy out in front of you before you get knocked out. And,
0: you know, I just, man,
1: that ain't my type of racing.
0: Right. No, absolutely. Especially when, uh, you know, it, a lot of times you see what happens on the track, but the thing you don't see is all the time and the effort that three or four other people put in that week to get there and to get them in that position and man it's uh it's heartbreaking exactly. you know, you know and, it's, well, and, uh, and,
1: and it's not really the it's not really the driver's fault and and, and you know I, I put it a lot on the, on the promoters and the people that put on the races um, because you're paying ten thousand to win and two tires for second.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, what, 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 you know, what are you going (laughs) to do? I mean, you know, you, you, you may have a run on the winner. Heck, I mean, go through the infield. I mean, because you're only going to get two tires or you're going to get $10,000. I mean, so, you know, and that's why I I like Alexia series that she's having now. Um, Um, man, it's, it's, it's really nice that, you know, they, they have few classes, um, and they pay money back throughout. So I mean, you know, if you're riding second and you really don't have a run on the leader, you're you know, you could think to yourself, man, not yet. It's three thousand to win or two thousand, whatever. Man, that's a thousand for second or seven fifty. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not worth that amount to take that chance to take out take us both out. You know, I mean, you still have it every now and again, but you don't have it as much as you know when it's ten or twenty thousand to win and five hundred for second. I mean, I, I think if they would break up these bigger races and pay more throughout the top ten or, or whatever, I think it'll be a lot better racing and I just think, you know, the racing will be better. People will have a better time because like you said, you spend all this time getting these tires ready, all this time getting your stuff ready, all this money you're putting towards it, and the win if you don't win, you're not making no
0: money. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I also um on a couple of earlier podcasts we've talked about Alexa series, um the series and, uh, it's, it's definitely like, I like, uh, and there's a few other things they're doing that I, I kind of like the way they're breaking stuff up. And, um, actually I talked to Holder down to Tri-County the other week and I'm going to get him on here. for my understanding, he's, uh, is he the race director still for that? Yes, sir. Yes, yep. sir. Yep. So I kind of want to get him on just, uh, you know, I know him from back in the day as well. And I just want to get him on also to talk about that and just kind of see, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not like I certainly don't have any answers for like what to do. But I think even just talking about it and letting people listen to the conversation I, that's going to help because I can't call up the promoters and be like, "Hey, do this." They're going to do what they want to do for the most part, and uh, maybe oh yeah, just put and the I mean, and it looks ear. good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks good on paper. You know, paying ten thousand to win or
0: twenty thousand to win,
1: and I mean, and if you win, hey, you know, yeah. that's more power too. You you've you've made a, a, a good a good you know good chunk of money for a day. I mean, but I just, man, if you can't pay it throughout the field, I just, man, it's not really worth your time to go. And, I mean, because, I mean, the chances of winning is, what, slim to none? I mean, it's, you know, if, if you go out and pay 20000 to win, you know, I can give you a handful of drivers that's probably going to win it. Yeah, one of the handful is probably going to win it. I mean now granted, you know, you have a guy that that may hit the right set of tires at the right time and and you know, but more than more than 9 times out of 10, you know, this handful of drivers that I can name is is probably going to win it. And I think if they would pay more down the, you know, down 10th, 12th, whatever, you you get these other people coming. I think you might have a bigger crowd. I mean, but you know, it's it's just man it's it's crazy to see how many classes we have nowadays i mean you know you got a warm-up to the warm-up race and next you know they're going to come up with a cool down race and i mean man it's just (laughs) man it's crazy i mean and i know it's entries and i know it's trying to pay for the purses or whatever but i mean you know back when my dad ran the north carolina state series man we was having you know 350 to 500 entries on 18 classes
0: Mm and man you just don't see that nowadays no i agree and uh I mean, if you just sit down, I I don't – I kind of guess when I look at go-kart racing in general, I mean, I generally think about blue-collar people. Um, You know, I mean, obviously there are people with money in the sport and stuff, but generally it's like a blue-collar type sport. And it's like how much do you have to make a week or hour to afford the parking spot, the entry fees, the tire? It's like – I mean, you got to have uh, two full-time jobs just to get to the track anymore. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And and that's another thing, you know, the parking. Man, I, where did this come about? I mean, <laughs> paying 150 to $200 for a parking spot. I mean, you know, granted, I know the promoters got to get their money, the track owners got to get and I understand all that. But, I mean, we're already paying for our gas to get there. We're already paying the high-dollar entry fees. We're already paying the gate fees, and then we got to pay you to park, too. And, I mean, granted, I understand, you know, parking, but a man shouldn't have to pay no more than $50 for a front row parking spot at that. I mean, and I think to me in general, that's too much. I think you should be front row, should be 20, 25 bucks, and everything else is free. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to dollar the racer so bad that, you know, they can't afford it no more, and they're going to stop coming. And, you know, I just, man, the sports already starting to, you know, I think we hit a decline there for a while, and it, And, you know, I see with some things going on, I see some people coming back in the racing. And uh, I just, man, I hate for people just to keep dollaring these people to death, you know. And I don't know, it it, it needs, something needs to change. I mean, or it's just, it's not going to get no better.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree, man. And uh, it does, like you said, even, um, I mean, I I think too, in the past year, two years or so, maybe, you know, past couple of years, a lot of people are kind of getting back into it. And uh, it seems to be, like you said, there's the handful of, 10 or 12 teams and pit areas that travel to all the big stuff. And then everyone else is kind of, even people that have had success in the past are kind of staying within, you know, three or four hours of the house and not getting kind of crazy and, and just kind of doing that and trying to really, you know, get home that same night. And it everything's kind of like shifting a little bit. And um, so I, I definitely think that, you know, or at least there's hope, you know, there for a while, I wasn't sure if Cardin was going to get out the other end, you know? Um, yeah.
1: And that's another thing about Alexis. And I keep, I hate to quit keep harping on her series, but, I mean, I, I've been – I went to about all of them last year, um, and, uh, man, you know, we, we got there at a decent hour, um, got done at a decent hour, didn't run. You know, when you run juniors there, if you run junior one, you run junior one. You don't run junior one, junior two, pro junior. I mean, you know, you can't run junior three and semi or, or pro whatever. You run the junior class that you're in, and that's all you can run. And that's the way it should be. I mean, my philosophy is when you move up, you don't move back down and mm-hmm. and i wish promoters would stick to that but you know i understand they're trying to get their entries to pay for you know pay for their purses or whatever but once a junior driver and it's back when you know todd raced and back when i raced once you moved up you didn't move back down
0: and i think that's the way it should be yeah i mean they the thing is they don't appreciate the fact that back uh, i mean i'm I'm 38 so i i started back in the, like the late 80s and raced around like the behind your neck area and stuff and um we had junior sports in one from eight to 12 year old and there was only one, you know? And um, so it's like, even to have a light and heavy and junior one and junior two, there's way more opportunity than uh, there was back, you know, really when we got started and stuff, but um, it's like, they just want three or four more classes to run. Uh, So I don't know.
1: Like I said, they, you know, they, they, I guess they're, you know, I understand they got to pay for the purses and they got to make money too. And And I understand that. But then you look at some of these big races that, you know, when I added up, the race promoter took home a lot of money. And I know that don't happen all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it does. And, and I mean, I'm thinking to myself, you know, why can't they pay more down the line, you know, to help these racers out that, that, that don't have a chance at winning. I mean, cause let's face the facts there, there's guys out there racing for the fun of it. And they want to go to these big races to say, Hey, you know, I raced against Jamie Knauf, Austin Yarborough, uh, Shea Chavis, you know, they just want that experience to say, Hey, I did race against them, you know, and they didn't have a chance at winning. But, you know, at least let them take home a little something for their time. I mean, because, you know, they're the people you're going to make your money off of. You know, you're not going to make your money off the mother guys. You're going to make the money off the guys that are, you know, I guess I ain't saying call them field fillers. But, I mean, you know, they're the ones that's going to be mid-pack. And, and and I mean, those are the ones you're going to have to make your money off of. So why not help them, you know, in, in their track, I guess, to to have fun. I mean, because they're there just to have fun. Let's face it. I mean, they're not making a living off of this.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely then a lot of times i know some people around here. Me, i mean they're you know they're missing an the electric bill just to get down to a race or something and uh you know they're 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 giving so much and sacrificing and uh you know i think maybe a little well, i don't know who knows man we'll see what happens but um uh let's get back to uh kind of like give me an idea of what like your average day like around the uh, around todd miller looks like i mean what do you guys um I mean, I guess you're building engines. I mean, you dealt with customers a little bit. Like, how does that generally work out during the week and, and even, like, on a race weekend? Just kind of give me an idea of, of how that all goes for you.
1: Um, well, I, I actually, I start my day off at UPS. Um, I load trucks in the morning. I've been doing that for 11 years uh, to get my insurance. Um, so I get up normally 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, get to UPS. I load trucks to about 8, 8.30. Uh get to the shop around nine. Depends if I stop and get breakfast. Um get to the shop and man I'm I'm working on clone motors. Um uh I answer the phone some. I'm not you know, I used to be up front at Todd's um handling we used to have like a little parts department up front and I used to handle the parts, cutting tires, shipping off. Um but uh, when I come back to build motors, man, I, that's what I done and and you know, I tear the motor down, clean it up, um, build it, dyno it, uh Todd ships them off. Um he, uh, you know, he handles the, you know, he builds some clones too. He handles all the animals and flatheads, limiteds and open motors, man. I just do clones. All I do is I do clones all day and I get off about five thirty, six o'clock and, uh, I got an hour drive to my house and I get home and man, I on some on the side, I paint RC bodies, some on the side and, and I do that sometimes at night and, and I, I get about three, two, three, four hours of sleep a night. That's about all I get.
0: Sure man if i don't get yeah, 7 hours i turn into an animal <laughs>
1: man it 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 gets me towards the end of the week but i've gotten so used to it um man you know and i mean the older i get the harder it is i mean i remember back in the day getting ready for daytona working 2 3 days straight at the shop not even sleeping i mean because we were so busy back then when it was so big and and uh, man i can't do that now i got to get some kind of rest and and uh, todd gives me a hard time he's like man if you you know you work a little longer you would get a lot more done and i mean he understands i, I you know worked at the work at ups and i mean if i didn't have that my wife had breast cancer a few years ago and if i wouldn't have that insurance man i'd man i'd be hurting
0: right no absolutely man it's, uh, absolutely um so when you do you still go to the track at all on the weekends and help people out i know you're tagged in probably more victory lanes than any person i know on facebook i know i'll see 20 different you know uh, with jody miller's on there on a weekend but um you still going? Uh,
1: well, last year last year I did, uh, Scott Heath was racing for us, and, uh, and Austin was at, at that one point, and uh, man, I, I told Todd, I said, man, you know, when Austin started running for us, I said, I'll go to the track and help us, and man, we had great success. I mean, pretty quick, too, and, and won a lot of races, and, and then when Austin left, uh, Scott just had started, and uh, so I uh, went with Todd and Scott, and we had a few junior drivers, and, and I'd go to the track and help them, and uh, went pretty much all of last year, uh, went a pretty good bit. And, uh, then Matt, um, he'd asked me to help some Matt Connell and, and he's like, uh, Hey, can you go this weekend, um, and help us, you know, red may want to break or if he had a lot of customers going, he needed more than just one person helping. So uh, I went with him and helped him and Shay, uh, Shay some and, um, had a good time there. And, you know, just this year, I hadn't gone, man. I, I think I've went once or twice and, uh, just man, honestly, I enjoyed the break. Um, I told Todd the other day, I was like, I'm going on vacation and I'm going to miss the champ max daddy. I'm going on vacation. But, um, I, after this week, I told Todd, I'm gonna to, I think I'm gonna go to Charlotte and, and hang out and talk to customers. And, but I've actually been going on Wednesday nights to Millbridge for their little, uh, sprint cars that they, that mm-hmm. Harold makes. And, and, and I've been going over there and, and talking to customers and, and uh, man, that's a, that's a neat little deal they have over there. And, um, I, I knew it was kind of big. I've went over there before and watched a little bit, not much, but, uh, I had a couple of customers, uh, get some stuff and I was like, man, I'm gonna kind of go over there and, and just check them out and see. And, and man, just going two or three times in a row. And man, we've picked up a lot of customers and, and going over there and just, you know, a lot of people didn't know who we were. Um, and it's a different crowd. It, it's a totally different crowd than, than the go-karters. And, I mean, granted, we do have some go-kart racers over there running them. But it's it's a different crowd. And uh, just kind of getting our name out over there and, and talking to customers. And it's really been going good.
0: And what kind of motors are they running over there? I, I've seen, like, the little Facebook posts. And I, I think even, like, maybe right, they
1: have, Yeah, they have four classes. And <laughs> they have a beginner box stock class, which runs a green plate. And I believe they're, I want to say they're six seven to nine or ten i'm gonna say and then they have a box stock class which runs a clone and it's an unrestricted small pipe and they run those up to 12 or 13 and then after that you have to go to the bigger carts which run the and I ain't I don't I ain't sure exactly what motors they run but it's some kind of motorcycle I'd say motor um, and they have an intermediate class of those and then they have the open class like what Kyle Larson run the other week mm-hmm. um, they have those man those things are something else to watch
0: that's cool the, the
1: videos I think, and, and I pretty cool. even told him I was over there the other day and I told him I, I was told Jerry Mullis and I said man I said in my heyday I said I still don't think I could have drove these things, man. Them things, I mean, they just go sliding off in the corner, ride the berm and the cushion, and man, just they don't let off. And man, it's 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 something to see.
0: That's cool. Who who runs that Millbridge track over there?
1: Honestly, I don't know the guy's name that runs it. Um, but man, they and, and like I said, when you go, you like on a Wednesday night, I think at four thirty or five, they open up. Uh, the tire, the tech shed, and you go over there and get your tires. You keep your tires there. Um, you go over there, they got them branded. You go pick up your tires, you put them on your cart, and you do not prep them, you do not wash them. And it's, I mean, it, it takes a lot out of it. And you check your air and your stagger and your gear and work on the setup on the cart, and that's what you got. And they take the winner. Um, and they take the winner's tire, they, take, they pick a tire, I think the other weekend, Tony Belt and Biscuit had won as a customer of ours, and they took his left rear tire, sent it off to get uh, diagnosed, and if it come back with prep on it, you're disqualified. And, I mean, they, they're trying to keep it pretty fair.
0: Right. That uh, that seems like a pretty good idea, you know, as far as, uh, like, for the local deals. So, And I saw they have, like, a little um, – I guess over at Millbridge, they also have like the flat carts run over there. They had like a little all-star race on like a random Tuesday night or something a few weeks ago. Yeah, and... that's
1: like the the D and Q series they have, and, and they run on Friday nights. They call it Flat Cart Friday Nights, and then they run like a and Q series, which I think they run on like a Tuesdays, and it's just a couple classes. And and uh, actually, I didn't get to go over there for that, but they run um, they run Predator Motors, and um, and they keep it. They keep it pretty strict too, from just for the DNQ races, and they they check a lot of things on that. And and I mean, it's it's a pretty neat little deal. And people kind of you know joke around about. it. I think Tyson Freeze come as Hart and had his go kart painted up like Earnhardt. And and they mm-hmm. they get a big crowd over there. I mean, even on Wednesday nights, they have a huge following of just fans that come out and watch.
0: Right. That's cool. It looks like they do a lot. And they have, you know, at the go-kart all-star race, they had like little inflatable things with lights and all kinds of stuff. It was kind of a, bringing a little more excitement than just kind of running through all the classes. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. That's what I was asking about. Who, yeah. It's uh, just
1: like something who. different. I, and I think people, you know, they don't pay nothing to win. I mean, you know, it's just very little. And and I, I think it's just something different that people kind of migrate to because it is different.
0: Right. Uh, kind of something I want to go back to, um, Back when you lost weight the first time, what, um, how did you lose that weight? Like just out of curiosity, just, um, you start working out, you're eating different. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just
1: that. And that's back when hydroxy cut had that, um, ephedra in it and Uh man, I was popping them left and right and, and just, you know, I really didn't do it the healthy way. Just kind of stopped eating, eat eat very little, you know, Mm -hmm. run up and down the road and, and, uh just I guess I was on a mission to 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 run medium and heavy and and get out of the the super heavy era I guess at the time because back then it was you know it was just a handful of guys that was you know competitive um and it's not like it is today I mean super heavy today you win it you're actually you know you actually got to outrun 10 15 good guys I mean granted there was a big crowd of us back then but you know you just had a few that you had to outrun and yeah i got tired of it and i said i'm gonna do something about it and so that's when i lost all my weight and man it was you know not easy but (laughs) right absolutely across and run run for a while but once you it's just like everything else once you stop you gain the weight back it don't take long i mean especially if you stop racing for a while and i mean todd he's, he's he's gained some weight and I mean, it happens to us when we get old, I reckon. I, I look at some of the drivers back in the day we used to race with, and they're all getting old and happy and fat like me, I guess.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's what we look forward to. I know um, pretty much everyone I know that's raced has gotten, uh, you know, once they've got out of it, they've gone back and, and done kind of the same thing. Like, got to it, lost the weight, raced for a little bit, and then be like, ah, you know, on to the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well,
1: Todd, Todd's, Todd can do it easier than about anybody if he puts his mind to it. I mean, he gained some weight a while back, and, and he had to – the The notion he wanted to ride a little bit, and so I mean, it wasn't no time. He dropped all his weight, got back into shape, and and, and ran some more. and And he had the kind of philosophy thing I had too, where it just man, it's not what it used to be. and And uh I think he kind of enjoys going to the track and just just kind of helping. And I mean, he gets frustrated a lot. Todd likes to win, and I mean, granted, I like to win too. But I mean, Todd looks at it like you know, if he goes to the racetrack, he he's going to win. And if he don't win, he gets I, mean, he, I ain't saying he gets mad, he gets upset. He's like you know, trying to figure out why. And, he just he can't stand it he he likes to win
0: right well, that's a good thing man that's uh you know, I I definitely in my mind and uh you know, I definitely consider him like one of the go-kart gods, you know, like when I mess around and stuff like that, so I'm, And I think that uh you know, definitely you, know, you and him together also just add to the legacy with you know, with Todd Miller Motors and stuff like that. So, uh you know, um when you're so your dad, he was the race director back in the day for the North Carolina State series. Did he also do anything with WK in the dirt series? Yeah,
1: he he ran the national series for the longest time too. Um, okay, that's uh... He uh, yeah, he run um he ran the North, i don't even know what years it was and he ran the no kind series and then he got into the national series and um ran it for i ain't saying at its height but i mean when daytona was getting a ton of entries and mm-hmm. and you know i mean we, we caught a lot of slack over it i mean but he was gonna prove a point with us before he proved a point with anybody else and and i think i think at first people were kind of <laughs> skeptic about it but then I mean, I, there's not many people, and I know he's my father and all, but there's not many people that can run a race uh, like Dad can. I mean, he, he gets a show on the road. He don't play no favorites. Um, he actually ran um, Daytona this past year. Uh, he was a race director at Daytona. He's going to be the race director at Charlotte in a couple of weeks. Um, he's kind of dipped back into it. He's retired now, and he's just working on the side. and. He, uh, they've called him and asked him if he wanted to do a little bit, and I think he was kind of getting itched to kind of. I think he got burned out on it for a while, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of getting itched to get back into it a little bit, and so uh, he done Daytona, and between him and Mackey working the track, I think Daytona this year went better than it's gone in a long time, and um, and actually, I mean to prove point, he he disqualified our uh <laughs> in two races, so um, <laughs> yeah, it it um, yeah, so I mean he you know he he don't play favorites, he don't uh, don't show no favoritism nowhere.
0: So you're saying he, you're lucky that uh, Christmas had already passed then, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't get to go. I, I mean, I didn't get to go. So, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, I'm the one that's more hot-headed than Todd. And, uh, and Todd kind of, uh, you know, somebody took Scott out on the last lap, uh, waited on him, and took him out. I mean, just wrecked him on purpose on the last lap. And Todd didn't ask no questions. He went over there and headlocked him and, and I mean <laughs> I, I kinda wish I'd have been there to see it, but I mean but you know, it uh yeah, it got us disqualified, which I mean, you know, it should have. And uh, you know, Dad didn't play no favorites. He he got us both and, and just, you know, that's that's one thing I can always say about him. It's, he's gonna be fair no matter, you know, what the call is, if it goes for us or against us. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fair call.
0: Yeah. Well that's good, man. It's a good quality to have and I, I brought it up because I You know, you always hear people bitching and complaining about everybody, but uh, you know, even like back in the day, I I always heard a lot of good things about you know about him and his more or less like the integrity of running the show and things like that. So, um, so that that was good to kind of have that to to look up to and kind of be the model that you guys kind of went after. Um, On so back to RC cars, you had mentioned that you paint a little bit at night now on the bodies and everything. Um, A few years ago, and this is i don't know maybe like the late 2000s i just happened to be on youtube one day and i think it was something rc racing video popped up and jody miller and i just kind of like got into it and it, it was you jody miller so what um tell me about your involvement in that and it just kind of like how how that came about too
1: well man back when i was little uh lewis and a lot of people don't know this but lewis and mike dow um of cki at the time um man they was in the rc car racing and uh they and my dad he was a Uh, Construction. He worked in construction. He was a superintendent, and uh, you know he'd done side jobs to pay for racing, whether it be you know pouring concrete, laying brick, you know whatever he had to do to help pay for racing. And so Lewis asked him if he wanted to build a track. So my dad actually built a twelve scale model um, of Charlotte Motor Speedway at Lewis's house, uh, where the barn was, and uh, I believe it's still there today. And so you know and within that dad said you know let'd like get me a car because he had i'd gotten one for christmas an off-road car and i played with it some and, and I, I enjoyed it and, and dad knew i did so you know i got a car and i ran over there for a while and uh, when that kind of petered out we um uh, i mean, it was about 98 uh, when i was in college and um Man, there's a track in South Carolina that that I just heard about. So I went down there and visited, and the, it's man, it, the bug caught me. And so I bought everything I needed to do. And I mean, I, I liked RC racing because no matter what I've done in go kart racing, I'm Todd's brother, which mm-hmm. fairly, fairly is fair. I mean, you know, I, I don't tell him this, and he'll probably listen to this, but to me, behind the seat of a go kart, there's never been none better. I mean, I, you know, people can argue this guy, this guy, this guy. But as far as oval racing is concerned, there, there's there's nothing no better, and I haven't seen anybody that's going to be any better. To see the things that he done at the time that he's come up, and you know, I mean, he was the first one to win the 300 by himself. I mean, he won it several times by himself, and uh, you know, just the things that I've seen him do. And yeah, he's my brother and all, but I mean, it's it's crazy to see the things that that he's done on the racetrack, and I know how hard he he did to do it. You know, and it was just him and dad. It was back when go-karts didn't handle. And, I mean, you know, back when you had to drive them. And uh, drivers nowadays don't get to experience that. I mean, they whine and complain if the go-kart's pushing a little bit. Or if it's loose, you know, they can't drive it. And back then, you didn't have a choice. You had to drive it. And uh, so, I, I, man, I just got got the niche for RC racing and, and enjoyed it. And I was actually pretty good at it. Um, so I've, I've done that probably since 98. You know, I've, You know, every winter, that's mainly what I do during the winter. Uh, Mm -hmm. Run Carpet Oval, Uh, run Carpet Oval. It's it's pretty big. We have a big race every uh, February in Orlando for one week. We race twenty four hours a day for a solid week at a hotel in a big convention center. They put a a carpet track down. We have people come from Japan, Switzerland. It's crazy to see. And um, so we do that. And man, I've been fortunate to uh, meet some great people. And and uh, Kevin actually raced with us some. Um, So. uh, so, a lot of the go kart racers do it. Um, there's some go kart racers that I've grew up racing with, they run some RC cars too. And, and, but you know, it's, it's kind of a thing I do on my own. Um, it's just kind of me and the car, and you know, I, it's I'm not reliable on nobody else. It's uh, it's, a, it's fun to do. I mean, it's like I said, it kind of gets my mind off of, of go karting, and you know, no matter what, I like racing. I'm on. You know, I don't care if it's, we're going to put two lawnmowers in the front yard. I'm going to race you mm-hmm. to the other end. I mean, right. that's just, you know, I like racing and, and it's what I grew up on. And, and so, uh, I don't care what it is. And I just really liked RC cars cause it's kind of just me, you know, it's, it's not relying on somebody else and, and so forth. But I've been fortunate that i have won, you know, a couple national championships doing that. And, and, uh, man met a lot of great people and it's just, uh, kind of relaxing and I paint bodies on the side to, to help pay for that and, that's where that kind of come from. And it started off as a little hobby. And then actually that's where I'm sitting now. I'm sitting in my paint booth now and I've got bodies hanging everywhere. And I mean, I don't get much time to paint like I used to,
0: but um, I do, I do enjoy it. It's very relaxing. That's cool. That's uh, like I said, I heard when I, someone local that races and I asked him about it and, uh, and I heard that you're, you know, a high level at that too. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. When, are there any similarities that you've seen in between, um, you know, between the RC cars and go kart racing? Um, anything that kind of sticks um, out to you, just in general?
1: No, nah, not really. I mean, you know, you know, go kart racing. We have shocks. We got three shocks. On my oval cars, we got three shocks, and we got an independent front suspension on them. They got uh, springs on the front, and we got three shocks on the rear. Um, so it, it's the only really is is stagger. You know, just making sure. You know, I, and I've always said races are one at the house there you know granted you got to win at the racetrack but preparation you know going through your stuff making sure everything's right you know i've always said preparation at the house is 75 percent of it and uh, i mean you can't go to the track and try to work on your stuff and get it together i mean you know that don't work out you need to go to the track prepared and so with rc racing that's mainly what it is i mean it's it's tires just like it's tires like go-kart racing i mean it's picking the right tires um the right prep to put on the tires when to prep them how much to prep them I mean, you know, you're checking your stagger. I mean, it's 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 kind of similar, but a lot different.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <clears throat> um, as far as so, when I was talking, uh, you're from Al- or Albemarle, also. That's right. Where you that's where you live, not where you're from. But are you you live in Albemarle, right?
1: Yeah, Albemarle.
0: Albemarle. Sorry, when I was talking to Jared Jackson, I think I said it wrong too, and he corrected me, and I'll say it wrong again. But so. Um, so Jared Jackson was also there and he brought up when I was talking to him about the champ max daddy that and I, I, re- I knew this, but I just didn't remember when I was talking to him that last year, I think Daniel Armstrong won the champ max daddy and he won it on a go-kart that I guess the body and the, the decals, the wrap was kind of like a throwback to your go-kart back in the day. Yeah, he,
1: uh, he, I kind of knew what was happening cause it, he, he, kind of, uh, <laughs> takes me a couple times and, and, uh, you know he's like hey you got any pictures of your old car or whatever I'm like what and and so you know i kind of figured it out and uh but yeah he'd he done a, a little throwback scheme to like uh i used to run um and he actually had one of my jackets where he got it from i do not know and uh <laughs> and he didn't wear it until the main and uh he come up to me on the grid he had my jacket on and and mean it was cool to see and, and to see him win uh and you know, I was there helping Matt and Shay, and I was like, man, if we couldn't win it, you know it was pretty cool to see him win it and and uh I mean, it was pretty cool that somebody to do that and I mean you know I think a lot of Daniel, i mean he drove for us for a long time, and you know we still talk and and cut up and i mean it, it was a it was a pretty neat deal and uh you know I went and congratulate him and t- I took a picture with him in, in richard Lane I just thought it was uh thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is cool. I mean, I actually had a at Tri County for the um, the G Man race. I went down with Alex White, who still has a go kart with Daniel, and, and he maintains it and stuff. And uh, I I haven't been to the races in about two years. When I got there, and so it was pretty impressive how how far Daniel's come. Because I mean, I remember when when I did Alex's older brother Brandon's tires back in the day. When we I mean, we raced against him for you know Junior One, Junior Two, and the C how many go karts it's like a little assembly line like a factory like and all of them you know capable of winning and running good speed and stuff and uh, it it amazes me how how some of those guys can keep keep everything together and all the tires lined up and and still spit them out on time and get them on the grid and stuff like that
1: but it's it's crazy and and going with Matt you know I see that side of it too cuz i mean you know Matt had at the time when i was going he had Shay and then he had two he had Wilty Racing and then he had huffman racing and then they have you know maybe one or two other guys come and man i mean just to see him know what tires is in the rack to know you know how many tires he's got i mean he had boxes among boxes of tires and i'm like man this is you know how do you not get confused i mean i'd get confused i mean because when i was racing you know buggies we just had burst tires and, man, I just had a little rack. and It probably had about five, six sets on it. And, man, that's what I had to choose from, which I thought made it easy. But, man, you know, nowadays these guys, you know, they're up, you know, 50, 60 sets of tires and picking through them. And I'm like, man, this is this is crazy. And, and to see how good they can, you know, get them on the carts and, and pick the right tires out. And I mean, granted, they're going to miss them every now and again, but, you know, hey more than more than not they're going to pick the right tire for the right time and it's crazy to see how far tires has come in the last you know few years and i mean it's it's honestly to me it's out of hand i mean because you got you know you got to have two month old tires three month old tires four month old tires week old tires and i mean it's just it is crazy
0: yeah no absolutely and um and it kind of alludes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, races are won and lost before you ever leave your house almost because it's, you don't have time, you know, if you have eight or nine classes running out of your trailer, you don't have time to sit there and wipe tires. Like you, it almost just has to be done where you just grab them and wipe them. And uh, like you just, like I said, it alludes back to a lot of the work is done, you know, before you ever get to the track.
1: Yeah. I mean, Matt, you know, I mean, Matt runs our stuff now and, and, you know, I grew up racing champ Buggies with Matt and, um, and so, you know, we've, we've known each other pretty good while and he lives right there at the shop, you know, probably five, 10 minutes away in his shop is about five, 10 minutes away the other way. And so he comes by the shop, you know, all the, all the time during the week. And I mean, you know, when he would pick me up go, to go racing, you know, there's a lot of nights he ain't slept. And I'm like, Matt, and he's like, I not had time to sleep, had to get everything ready. And I'm like, dude, man, this is, you know, here we are going to the racetrack and my man, <laughs> my man ain't slept in about 48 hours. And, and to see him pick the tires out and 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 to do it, and I mean, I'm like, it's just it's amazement how he can. But that's all he does. And I mean, so I guess it would be like me doing motors. I guess, I mean, and all these motors I do and keeping up with them. And but I mean, man, it's just it's just crazy how much time you got to put in. People don't realize how much time these you know bigger guys like Jamie and Daniel and and Kanoff and Jerry and all those guys how much time they put in during the week getting tires ready. And I mean, it's just. It's and I think that's where they spend most of their time is just tires. I mean, it's just you know because that's where the races and I've always said that's where the races won and lost. I mean, there's a handful of engine builders out there that probably build as good an engine as I do or I build as good, as good an engine as they do. And and it's not you know it's one on the four tires. I can change tires and pick up a half a second. It's very rare I can change a motor and pick up a half a second. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And a uh, kind of a question I have. I like your kind of insight on this. Uh, just being around there, I mean, the most we've ever ran, like when I was running with Alex and stuff, was like five classes. But these guys that are that are doing, you know, like the guys you just mentioned, Daniel and Connell and those guys, do you think if they ran less classes, they would be better because they would have more time? Or do you think the amount of time they get on the track with all those classes and drivers and carts, does that help them? Or is there like a, do you think there's like a, a threshold where sometimes they take it too far and could back off a couple carts and run better. I mean how how do you kind of equate that?
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I, I guess, you know, everybody's going to do it different I reckon, but the way I see it is, you know, the more classes that they run is the more track time they have on the track to pick the right tires. I mean, cuz like, you know, I know when Woodley Speedway opened up uh, for the first time, uh, it may have been last year or whatever, it's been they ran a Friday night race. It was a big Friday night race and, and Shay was running for Matt and and I went um I went and helped, and, man, we sat on all four poles, I believe, and won all four races. And I had a lot of local guys coming up to me. He's like, man, you know, what 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 is he doing? What is he doing? And I'm like, like, man, you're not going to outrun him. And I said, I'm not being that in the mean way. I was like, but what you don't understand is, I was like, you're sitting here debating what tire to run. I was like, all right, say you find out that the tire you want is mid-February with 100 cc's in it. Let's just say that's the tire that you need. You have one set like that. So you're saving them for the pro race. Matt's going to have more than one set. And, and, and these bigger guys are going to have more than one set. And so they can run that hundred CC tire in these other classes. And if it don't work for them no more, they know to change where this other guy was just hoping, you know, that 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 was going to be the tire to have when the pro race comes around. So, and I think they can throw more at it. I believe, you know, they can go out there in a class that's maybe a points class or don't pay, but you know, $200 to win and, well, hey, let's just throw an older tire on there. Let's just see if it helps. You know, I think they can throw more at it, try more things, maybe wipe something different, maybe not wipe, and, and to see how the go-kart reacts to it <clears throat> before the pro race. You know, I like my dad's philosophy, and he's talked about this for a longest time, and I and I hope he does it at some point where he wants to qualify five classes and race five classes. Where say there's say you got twenty five classes that day or whatever. Go out there, you practice, run the track in, you qualify the first five classes, and then you race them five classes. So that way, you're not having, you know, an eight-hour time span before you go back on the racetrack, where the racetrack's going to change half a dozen times, where, you know, he can go out there, a man can go out there, race, qualify, and he knows within the next hour, he's going to be back on that same racetrack and i just man i think that'll help i think that'll be you know people enjoy it it's gonna be different at first i know but i I wish he would do it at some point because i think it'll really it'll really help um because you know you're gonna be on the same track you just qualified on you're not gonna be eight hours down the road trying to second guess yourself or which tire to go out on i
0: i like that a lot man i've never heard it put like that but that's a really good idea um it also kind of seems like there's there's different windows of tires throughout the day that maybe someone that races local might hit, might have a chance to hit something early on, but maybe later on, once the track gets good, they might, might not. But, um, well, I mean, you
1: know, Daniel and Daniel and Matt and Jamie and and Jerry, they've been up all these tracks, you know, dozens of times and, you know, and they know about how the track's going to react throughout the day. Or if they don't, you know, you know, I've heard I've heard Matt say several times, you know, oh this track is acting like this track, so I know what I need to do. So, you know, where I think if a man can go out there and qualify and then turn right back around, yeah, he may have missed it in qualifying, but he knows where he missed it. He'd be like, Man, you know, I was too tight. I need to go to a harder tire. So he'll know to do that within an hour. But Eight hours down the road, he might be still thinking, "Well, you know, I was too tight and, and qualifying, so I need to put a harder tire on." Well, the track's done changed half a dozen times, you know, backed up a half a second, and you know, gotten slick. Well, he goes out there on them hard tires, he slides off the racetrack, or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I just think that if he would qualify, you know, those five classes, turn around and race them. You know, you got plenty enough time within five classes to get your, you know, to go back to the trailer, change your oil, get your tires ready, and get back up to the grid. I just think it would be a lot better for, you know, maybe the average individual other than the bigger cart teams. No,
0: absolutely, man. I like that idea a lot. Um, back to, so, like, for your racing, I guess your racing, or even nowadays, like, if you're helping someone, when you see guys get on a bad streak, or if you get on a bad streak, you know, whatever you've been doing for two months is working, and all of a sudden it just doesn't work. And We've all kind of been there. What are... How do you generally kind of approach that? Do you just get rid of all the tires and start over? Do you break down the go-kart, put it back together? Um, you know, we've all come across little incidences like this where, you know, sometimes it might be a spindle that was bent or a seat that's cobbed up or the tire program just isn't working. But how how would you suggest or how do you, you know, generally see people go about that?
1: Man, I've seen it go in different ways. I mean, uh, I've seen Todd get a new go-kart. You know, he's like, man, there's something, you know, something wrong. I need to change something. He gets a new go-kart. Um, man, I, I know when my dad used to run the North Carolina State Series, you know, North Carolina's the hotbed for racing. You know, we had, the, you know, the tracks that, you know, Southern Pit, Markersville, which, is, you know, that's Virginia too, but Markersville, Southern Pit, Liberty, you know, these bigger tracks that we had, uh, Riverside at the time, you know, he would try to have the state race, a week or two before the National. He you know, you played it smart, get the bigger crowd in. Somebody come, hey, I'm going to go get ready for the National or whatever. I mean, I've seen us. I've done it. I've gone to the race or I've gone to a South Carolina State race at Aynor before the National or something and and uh, go with what I thought would work. And, man, was out to lunch and didn't know what I missed. I mean, I don't know if it was tires or what. And go back the next week with the same stuff I went with and went fast. I've had that happen. I can't explain it don't know why um nowadays i guess it's more different because you have a more tire selection than what we had back in you know back in the day but um man i've Matt. you know i've i've even asked matt several times i was like you know on the way home from traveling you know got beat or whatever and I like, hey where'd we miss it you know what do you think and he he normally figures it out i mean he's like hey i should have with, with this tire other than this one i mean you know it's very rarely going to be the cart's fault it's going to be tires i mean it's just you know man i we've we've actually come back to the shop and todd's like something must have happened to our motor i mean it just this did not look right and that's the thing about the clones that i've seen more than any other type of motor that you know if you have the wrong tires on there your motor it just it's not going to take off like the grid i mean todd i've seen todd standing at the grid you know we sent up the fence and they come up we come out of the grid and he's like hey, this ain't gonna run he can watch the go-kart come out of the grid and if it don't roll coming out on the track, he said it ain't gonna roll on the racetrack. And and I've heard a lot of people say that and you know Absolutely. Yep. It's it's, <clears throat> it's crazy. You know, so I mean more more times it's tires than anything and that's why I say, you know, that's why Matt and Daniel and, and Jamie and Jerry, you know, that's why you help I think that's why they have a customer base like they do too, is because, you know, he's got these juniors and, and rookies and, and semi pro drivers that, you know, he can try Different things throughout the day to try to stay with the racetrack, and I think that's why they run so many classes too. I mean, they can stay with the track and say, "Hey, you know, the track's getting better and better. Let's you when know, we get better and better on tires, and then eventually, you know, most tracks start backing up, and and when they do, you know, they got so many classes they can figure that out before the big money class.
0: No, absolutely, and so when you race champ buggies did you have uh I mean, could be more than one but what are some of your favorite tracks and your favorite um uh, i guess your favorite series to run uh let's start with tracks but as far as the champ buggy go like what are two or three of your favorite tracks as far as racing uh, Back. In by the day? far
1: margersville is my favorite track um man i just i've always run good there i always pick pick around i austin you know he always when uh, he was driving for us um we went to the fence and and uh we was joking around we always you know picked on each other and i told him i said you know what they used to call me when i raced he's like what's that i said they called me silk he looked at me and i was like yeah because i was so smooth <laughs> and just you know and we just joke around about it and and so i always i told matt when i saw the champ max daddy was gonna be at margaretville i said man they're gonna have that at silkville i said i can't believe that <laughs> and uh and so i you know we, it's just a big joke we have and But, man, I had such a good record at Margaret's Field. Won a lot of races and and lost very few there. Um, I liked Margaret's Field. The old Riverside in Shelby, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loved that racetrack. Um, That was one of my favorite. And I liked Daytona, believe it or not, uh, the stadium. Uh, Man, I always run good there. Uh, Didn't have good luck, I mean, a lot of times. But I always qualified up front, uh, ran up front. um, Just circumstances. You know, one of the last times I ran there, was the flathead and I sat on the pole in the champ race or pole or outside pole? Because me and Matt always jugged around. Because either I was on the pole or Matt was on the pole, and that's the way it normally wind up being. And uh, and but man, I had I was going down the back stretch and I looked over on the front stretch and could see second and third racing. I had that big a lead on, and uh, man, it was run out of fuel with five to go. Oh. And and uh, still, it's, I had such a big lead. I still finished fifth. But, man, it was just such a heartbreaker. And uh, and come one time from um, uh, the first time I actually ran the Tecumseh, uh, I, I think they gave me the wrong transponder. I don't know. But I passed everybody in my group, and I had to go second round. And people that was in my group that I passed qualified in front of me. And uh, so I went second round, and, and I changed the go-kart up, and it just wasn't right. And I think I qualified, like, 26th. And I was sixth fastest in that, so I had to start 26th and uh, was passing for the lead. And did not know it. And uh the caution came out and they lined me up, sack it, and uh I was like, Man, I'm gonna have a chance to win this and, and going down the back stretch, I went under the leader and went off into three and he took me out. Mm-hmm. And uh got spun back around, got back going. I think I finished like third or fourth or fifth or something like that. But uh, you know, I won Daytona I think twice. And uh but man, I always enjoyed going there. You know, you hate it after about three or four days and you're not going back, but uh, every time it comes back around, you're, you're ready to go. But uh, those, those three, you know, i mean, Bluntville, uh, Blountville. I uh, used to love Blountville. Um That was a good racetrack. Um, the old Kershaw when it was big and, and banked, uh, I liked it too. So, I mean, it's not many tracks I didn't too much like, but uh, those were my favorites.
0: Gotcha.
1: I enjoyed I- Possum Kingdom until I flipped. Uh, that was that was was not a and and it's funny because i actually have people that don't know me um or like i go to work and they're like go karts and i'm like yeah just get on youtube google champ Cart rick and i i'm usually the first one that comes up and uh that was a that was a rough ride i mean it was uh me and jason scruggs had checked out on the field and i mean it was one of those where we're coming down the front stretch and you can see everybody else on the back stretch and and i count my laps i've always counted my laps and when they give me halfway is when I start counting and I count them down. So, you know, what predicament you're in and what you need to do. And, and Jason was smart. he was pushing me and, and he was just, you know, waiting for his time. And they never gave halfway, never gave five to go. None of that. And so I, I guess I lost track of the time and, and come out of four and I'm just running my line. And all of a sudden he whips out the white flag. So I dove her to the bottom and Jason had dove it to the bottom too. And he caught my rear bumper and it sent me around and I caught the berm on the infield and, I went for a ride. It was uh, it was crazy, and it knocked me out for a minute. And I come back to, and the cage was bent over to the right, and it was uh, it was crazy. And so I popped my tires back out and fixed the bent parts I could. Waited on the waited out as best I could, and I came back at the end of the night. And believe it or not, I won the money race with a bent go kart. It was uh, it was a crazy weekend, and, and I remember Phil Combs, He was like, "Man, I just can't believe this is the same cart." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's the same cart. You can see because the cage was bent. I mean, it was it had a bend to it."
0: huh that's crazy (laughs) um what uh i guess as far as um do you have any say in who gets to ride the uh todd miller in 92 or 192 i guess the big red machine do you guys talk about (laughs) that or
1: no we don't i mean no not really i mean um i know when uh you know, Austin done his thing with, uh, he rode with Matt for the longest time. And, and then that car ride came about or whatever. And then when it fell through, um, he was kind of looking for a ride and, and, you know, I, I may have mentioned to Todd and, and, and we kind of, you know, I was like, man, that'd be a good thing to do if we want to get back right Daniel rode for us for the longest time. And then, uh, I think Todd kind of got burnt out and, and uh, so Daniel kind of went and done his own thing, and and so Todd was kind of ready to go back to the track some and run some, and and uh, Austin was available, so uh, we done that. And I don't know, man. I don't, you know, we don't sit at the shop and be like, hey, we need to get us a driver and say, yeah, Todd's a, Todd's kind of a peculiar guy. He uh, I may mean, he just he'll get a notion and sometime and he'd be like, hey, I'm gonna go ride. I mean, you know, have this person go ride this weekend or whatever. And I mean, it's just the way he, according to how he feels. To be honest with you. I mean it's not you know, we don't sit there at shop and contemplate who's gonna drive what or who we want to drive. It's just, you know, man, he he gets a, a notion where, you know, he wants to go raise some and and that's what he'll do. I mean it's just I've told him I've told him to rent right out. I said, make some money and and rent a ride out. I said, you know, I said, hey, say, you know, anybody want to ride a, a proven winner or, you know, the big red machine? It's, it's, it's fire. You know, you can come sit in it and, and, you know, cost you this much a race or whatever. You, you know, everything's there. All you get to do is pay your entry fees and sign a waiver. If you tear it up, you got to pay for it. I mean, I just, that's what I've always said. I'm like, man, people would die at that. But Todd's the type of person where, it's hard for him to help somebody and they can't win. He he wants to win. And I, I've and i, and I I've tried to explain to him, I'm like, man, Todd, listen, you know, you're not going to find somebody that can drive like you could. It's not going to happen. They're not out there. And the really good ones are taken. I mean, you know, if you can't get one of these handful of drivers to drive for you, then, you know, I don't know. I mean, Scott drove super heavy for us because they had a couple of big money races uh, and super heavy and, and Austin was still running with us. And Todd said, man, Scott, you going to come ride super heavy. And man, first weekend Austin won the pro class and he won the super heavy class. And I was like, man, this is, this is going to work out. Well, then Austin got his deal with Throw daddy and he left. And so Scott was kind of, I was like, Hey, we're just gonna run super heavy. Cause they're paying a bunch of big, big money. And man I had good success with Scott and Todd just kind of got burned out again. And I mean, he, uh, which I guess, you know, he's been doing it ever since he was eight years old. And, uh, He's forty five, forty six. So I mean it uh he easy he gets burnt out. Not saying easy, but man, when you it's like I tell people, you know, a painter paints all day, he don't want to go home and paint his house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we work on these go-karts all day. It's hard for Todd to, you know, stay after, man, get the go-kart and stuff ready. And I mean, you know, he, and it's hard to trust somebody to come do it for you. I mean, he's got a particular way he wants it done, things he wants done. And so, I mean, you know, it's hard for him to let somebody come up there and clean the go-karts or whatever and get everything ready. It's just because they don't do it like he wants to do it. He don't feel like he's ready to go to the racetrack.
0: Right. Uh, I mean, I guess that's that's what made him Todd Miller, I guess. You know what I mean? So I guess the gift and the curse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. So, um. uh Well, man. I we've been over a little over an hour, and um. I you know just talking to you earlier, as far as uh you know you're pretty busy, and I I certainly appreciate the time that you've made uh, not only for me but for people listening. I know a lot of people that send messages and stuff. Um. I put something out on Facebook that you know you were one of the people coming up, and uh, a lot of people are looking forward to it. And um. Uh. So I just kind of in closing here, are there um you know any any memories or favorite memories or or any stories or anything like that, or anything you'd like to say in general? Um, not to kind of put you on the spot, but, I, you know, any any favorite things that if, uh, you know, if you had one story to tell about your racing career or, or anything even to tell other people, is there anything that pops into mind?
1: Oh, man, besides the uh, champ cart wreck, uh, man, I guess we actually talked about this the other day at the racetrack, uh, Markersville. It was a national, and I, it was on, I was on the front cover of Speedway USA that weekend, and, and uh, I was running the Phantom Cart, and this was right when we first discovered hot lap and 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 I don't remember too much about it but I remember uh we we had the can at the shop and Todd was like man I'm gonna, I'm going to fix a couple sets with this this hot lap stuff and cuz you know at the time we weren't prepping tires I mean unless it was wet you know we might wipe them down with WD40 or, or or something simple you know but it wasn't nothing you know harsh or or nothing like that and I was like well heck I'm going to fix me a set for the buggy too I may need them and so I cut a set of tires, and I said, well, what do we do? He said, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to follow the instructions <laughs> on the can. And so if you look at the can, it would say, you know, wipe them two times this day, three times this day, or, or whatever. So throughout the week, I wiped them just like it's can said. And, uh, and Greg James was riding Harold's other champ car. Cause we were kind of testing champ cars at the time. And, and uh, I remember I had a junior driver because the track never really got good on Friday for practice to scuff my tires in. And when I had practiced, and so junior champ was getting ready to go out, and I had a junior driver. I said, man, you go take my buggy out there. And I said, just go real slow. I said, I don't know what these tires are going to do. Just go slow, scuff them in. And he's like, yeah, I can I can do that, no problem. So I get him buckled in and go out there. I said, just get by yourself. Well, he let the whole crowd go. And, and I mean, dude, he run them down in no time. And I'm, like, waving my arms and say, dude, slow down. You know, I burn my tires up. <laughs> and, and, and he come in and he says, dude, I was half throttle. and And I'm like – what? And I didn't think nothing of it. You know, I was like, well, maybe the tire's pretty good. And I remember we was going for the qualifying the next day, and I rode up to the grid, and I looked at Harold and I said, what are you going with? He said, well, I'm going to go with hot lap tires. And I said, well, man, me too. And so I went running back to the trailer, bolted them on, went out there to qualify. And, man, it was it was like I had two motors on the cart. And I remember passing a competitor on the outside. And this was one of the competitors I had to race against to win, you know, every national or whatever. Well, I passed him on the outside going into one and two. Drove around, drove off from them. And me and Greg was on the pole by like – I was on the pole. He was outside, and we were a good three, four-tenths quicker than everybody. And I, I just – I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, these tires, this is this is the real deal here. And, uh, and so I actually wound up leading every lap of stock, set on the pole in Tecumseh the next day with the exact same set of tires, one Tecumseh by about a straightaway, put them on my junior champ boy. I was helping the junior champ. He sat on the pole, and he was riding third or something, and, and there was a big wreck, and they had to, to cancel – the rest of the races, I believe, because of that Rick. And, um, man, that was just the first time I ever used hot lap. And it was – it's crazy, you know, to see what it was then to what we're doing now. And I've always said I wonder if we could go back, know what we know now, and go back with the tires that we were running, the carts we were running, would it work the same as it does now? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just just amazing, you know, to see. I mean, I was at Ohio um, at the National – when uh the one guy uh Brian, got caught on fire.
0: Brian Ramfro, yeah, yeah, I was there that day.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah when he caught it was actually one of my customers that dumped the water bucket on him. And yeah. I just turned the corner when he dumped it on him and, and I was like, Oh man, this is you know and, and my dad was race director and and I you know, he was kinda getting on to everybody about, you know, prepping tires and using torches and and, and the track owner jumped in and was kinda, you know, getting on to us racers and, and, and I pulled him to the side and, and I told him, I said, Listen I said, you know, it's just as much your fault as it is ours. And the and the track owner looked at me, and he's like, no, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, man, you know, what happened was a little rain shower came up. And so everybody, you know, they're calling us up for qualifying. And so everybody's having to get a soft tire real quick. So the best way to get a soft tire, burn it in. And, you know, and I try to explain that to them. I was like, man, you know, we're trying to, to run up front. We're trying to win. You've already got your money. I was like, but if I don't run good here on – on the racetrack i ain't gonna sell no motors on monday and i was like so you know i gotta do what i gotta do to run good and he's like oh you you know you can you can go out there on a non-prep tire. you just gotta slow down and i'm like bro this is racing you know we don't know nothing about slowing down you know we're trying to go as fast as we can go so i mean you know and and that's when the whole non-prep deal kind of started and i think that's i think that's one thing that that wk when they jumped on it i think they jumped on it the wrong way and I think it really hurt Carton. I mean, you know, they they tried it at Daytona, no prep, and, and man, it was just man, it's just hard to do when you when that's what racers have leaned on for so long, and then when you take it away from them, man, it, it's hard. I mean, I'm at Millbridge on Wednesday nights, and it was wet this past Wednesday night because we had some rain that day, and and I'm sitting there going, man, they're gonna make them get out there on them tires and no prep. And I was like, this is gonna be fun to watch. And and I had a customer, he qualified, I don't know, it was like sixth or seventh, and. He's like, "Man, what do you think I should do?" And I'm like, "Man, give me a rag and some prep. And <laughs> I said, I can, "I can pick you up." I was like, "Now, going through tech might be a little tough, but but it's just hard." I mean, I I like their philosophy. I mean, you know, it's 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 pretty neat because, you know, you don't have to rely on that that tire uh, the, the, the tire prep and and I see a lot of the go-carters over there win a lot more of the races than the guys that just run that series because, you know, they're used to handling you know they're ill handling car. I guess you would call it. You know more less than the other guys, and and they're trying to be smooth with it, where them other guys are trying to treat it like a sprint car and trying to slide it through the corners. And and that, you know the smoother you are, the better you're going to be. And so it's just uh, it's
0: something to see. No, absolutely, man. <clears throat> well, um, well, man. uh I like I said, man. I really do appreciate your time and um once we end this i'll i'll talk to you for a few minutes so don't hang up but uh, i just wanted to anyone that wants to maybe get a hold of you i mean obviously um you know they can call you at the shop i guess and maybe get you but um i guess on facebook or twitter or instagram or anything like that where i know you're on facebook so
1: yeah i'm on i'm on facebook uh man it's about really about all i check i think it's about anybody checks nowadays and we have a todd miller racing uh facebook page and and the shop phone number is 704-636-1224, and you can reach us there. And, I mean, you know, and but I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't done this without by myself. You know, there's a lot of people I, I'd like to thank first, you know. Yeah, foremost, First and foremost, uh, the good Lord. I mean, he's been good to me and my family. And, I mean, I, I can't, uh, man, I can't brag on him enough. Um, my dad, my mom, uh, always been on my side through the thick and thin. Uh, my brother, uh, he's done everything for me, even though we don't get along all the time. Uh, man, he's, he's, he's been good to me and, and, uh, Mark mode when I first started racing champ Carts, and, and Harold, he's always been there and, and, uh, man, you know, uh, Mike Burris and Kirk Burris, they've been good to me and Dale Capone, Jammer Clutches. Oh man, I, we had some good laughs with him and, and there's been a lot of people throughout the years and I've met a lot of people and, uh, man, it's just go-karting's, uh, it's a family sport and, uh, it's just, it's been good to us. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh I guess one more thing man and uh I agree with everything you said man it's a great great family sport and that's that's kind of why I'm doing this man I just I'm not making any money not trying to do a sponsorship or anything just kind of having fun and just talking to people and do you have any uh, advice for all the chant buggy drivers that are going to be listening to this uh riding to the chant max daddy or anything uh, any any advice for someone that uh might be trying to to take that checkered flag home
1: Oh, man, it, it's going to be a good one to watch. I, I'm going to have to hope somebody goes live on Facebook. Like I said, I'm going to be in Pigeon Forge. I, man, booked the weekend before I even knew it was a Champ Max, Daddy. And, and uh hate I'm not going to be there. But, uh, man, it's, I don't know. It's 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 going to be a good race to, to watch. It's going to be a draft. That's a drafting track. So, mm-hmm. whoever plays the draft right, I mean, I, I have my favorites. And, and uh, you know, I can name a handful of drivers I think that should, that should win it. But, like I said, man, anything can happen on the weekend. And, and uh, man, just, you know. I don't think nobody's gonna check out from the field. That that's gonna be something to watch and who plays the draft right and who's who's at the right spot at the right time. And I've always said second place, going down the back stretch coming to the white, that's the that's the time to make the move and and uh I, that's what I would do if I was still running. So I mean whether or not it would work that's whether or not it would work or not, you know, I have no idea. But man, it, it's it's I just don't see nobody checking out from the field i mean they're gonna have to hit it perfect and, and catch some lucky breaks i mean it could happen but i mean i just don't see it happening
0: right good deal man and uh, i'll I'll be there so if i have enough phone battery i'll try to get on facebook live for you and if not i'm sure uh, someone will and if if anyone does just you know tag joe or jody and just kind of let them know i'm sure you'll be looking for the race if you can find it on there so. oh
1: yeah i watch it should be on race monitor i, I usually kind of watch race monitor throughout the day and then you know, I, I always check Facebook. My wife gets on to me. She you spend more time on that phone than than you know, than anybody and, and I'm like, man, I you know, I got I got customers and I mean, like you said, I mean I got customers I mean, we got customers all up and down the east coast and mm-hmm. and you know and I I love to see my motors win. Um, you know, I've always said that, you know, it, I get more more out of my motor winning than i would i mean just because hey you know that's my motor i built it you know or todd built it or whatever and and i see the business aspect of it where hey i'd rather have my motor win than, than i win because it looks better for me and uh so i always check and I, and anybody that tags me i always try to post on there great job you know thank you for your support glad we had a little small part in it you know and and you know just just trying to have a relationship with the customer i mean because i think that's you know the relationship with the customer to me is where it's at. I mean, just, you know, anybody can call up and order, a motor, but you know, I can sit down and talk to them or or thank them or or they can thank me and and just have that small relationship. I think that means more to more to people than what they know. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good to hear, man. And I think, uh, I know you've kind of alluded a lot to, you know, Todd and Todd Miller race and stuff, but you know, it's both of you have, have together built that legacy. And, um, and there's, I don't know that there's anyone, uh, any family, any brothers, any speech shop that's respected any more than you guys. Um, and i think you guys have stood the test of time and that should say a lot about um you know not only the motors and your performance but also just the character of of who you are and the type of family you are man so um you know I, that's one of the reasons i want to have you on here as well you know so um so thank you you know for everything you've done for the sport and uh you know thanks for for making time for us i know that uh, you probably had to to put off doing a you know painting the body or, or doing something or spending time with the family so i uh, you know i greatly appreciate your time man so thank you oh yeah
1: like i said you know I, I appreciate you having me on and and uh last but not least i gotta thank my wife for for allowing me to to take time away from the family i mean she's great i mean she takes care of the kids when i'm not home and and lets me go do this racing thing and and she you know she at first i don't think she quite understood <coughs> what racing was all about and she got to go and, and see what it was about before we got married, and and she enjoyed it, and she understands, you know, this is a this is a living, this how we make our living, and and you know, I have to go to the racetrack a lot, and and so she sacrifices a lot, so I can go, so I love her to death, and I just like to thank her also. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and then I, you know, I have an eight year old and a sixteen <clears throat> month old at home, so. If you think tires are bad, or picking out tires are bad, or working overnight—I mean, watching watching a couple of kids are way worse than that, in my opinion. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's a that's a, that's a tribute to them, and you know all the moms and and wives and stuff that do stay home and allow us to. You know, I don't get away as much as I used to, but um, you know, that's that's a big tribute to to the people at home too. So. Um. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and. If you have any questions, you can definitely find us on Facebook at Zero Analytics or on Twitter at Zero Analytics. And the only thing I really ask is if you find any value, share it on Facebook, tell a friend, uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. And if you see Jody or any of the past guests at the track, just please do me a favor, stop by, tell them thank you for sharing their story, some of their Ideas, their tips, their tricks, their their regrets in carding, whatever it may be. And uh, everyone, it's hard to kind of make time. We're all we all have families trying to to either race or baseball games or work or just different events that we have lined up that we have obligations to go to. So uh, even just someone taking a couple hours to sit down and and record a conversation and let hundreds of people listen to it, I think it's pretty cool, and I certainly do appreciate it.